You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 428 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this fine Sunday evening into Monday morning, and uh, a lot to get to on this podcast. It's been uh, a while since I've had a solo show. I definitely would encourage you guys to go back and listen to three shows we did last week, two with Robbie Callen doing over-under win totals, which we actually talked about a little bit on this podcast, and then a final one on Friday with Tyler Jones, a very long podcast by our standards, so my apologies for the length, but hopefully you guys were able to chop that up into different uh, sections if you wanted to do that, if you're someone who likes to listen to uh, podcasts on your commute. Um, please accept my apologies to uh, for the long show, but I thought it was worth it. Tyler is very, very good, and uh, as a result of that, wanted to go long and sort of go in depth more than more uh, more often than I would normally do there. So uh, hopefully, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy those podcasts. If, if you did, please go back and subscribe to them. But uh, uh, l- looking ahead to this particular show on a fine Monday morning, uh, just more of a more of a news catch up. The uh, headliner we'll save to the end is the schedule release, um, which came out on Friday afternoon after the podcast. And we teased that on, of course, on the Friday morning pod. But um, the first thing is. Uh, Sort of a wrap up of what we talked about a little bit on that podcast, but more specifically is the latest reporting on the Kent Bazemore front. Uh, Kelly Iko, who was was the one that actually originally reported that the uh, Houston Rockets had interest in Bazemore reported uh, at, at the end of last week that the uh, Hawks would be, quote, open to taking Reiner's remaining $41 million back, but would need a draft pick plus one of Houston's young players. That's a quote there from Kelly Oko on Twitter. And uh, he suggested that a package of Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, and a 2019 first-round pick might be good enough to get that done. But uh, Houston likes Melton. I, I think Houston likes Melton more than the Hawks do, given the way that the uh, draft kind of fell out there. The Hawks could have taken him a couple different, different times in the draft. I would take him at 19, for instance, and that's uh, something to uh, keep in mind there. Also, he was the one that reported the uh, the Bucks' interest uh, supposedly in um, in Kent Bazemore. It's not a huge surprise there, but he notes that Bazemore quote loves Atlanta and will be open to mo- uh, moving to Houston or Milwaukee since he knows both coaches well and will be joining a contender in either in either spot. I'm uh, hesitant to call Milwaukee a contender, but at the same time, they definitely are a, a solid playoff team with more upside than that in the Eastern Conference. Um, of course, it should be noted though that Sam Amick of USA Today reported that uh, he was told the ha- that the Rockets are quote not pursuing or interested in Atlanta's Kent Bazemore. More as been, as has been reported, so maybe that is that maybe that's sort of a spin on Houston's part. Uh, at the same time, something to keep in mind and, and sort of monitor over the next two months or so before the season begins. I do think there's probably a point of no return at some point. If you get into, if you get into sort of mid-September, you kind of are what you are, and you don't usually see a lot of NBA trades going into training camp that late. So if Bazemore remains on the roster for the next couple of weeks, he probably will be sticking around in Atlanta, at least for a while. So we'll keep an eye on that board and at least sort of lay that out there in more uh, specific ma- fashion since we had a, a moment to do that on today's solo podcast. Um, to the uh, win total thing that I alluded to uh, moments ago and talking that, about that with Robbie Calland, most of those podcasts were not Hawks-related, so I am aware of that. I want to take a, list, a, a brief moment to talk more about the Hawks' win total uh, on this episode. Um, for now, Las Vegas, at least Westgate, the prominent um, sports book in Las Vegas, has 23.5 wins as the over-under for the Hawks. Bovada, as uh, an offshore book, has 24.5. Bet Online, another offshore book, has 26.5. And ESPN's RPM model says 25.9. So it's all, all sort of in the same tier. We talked about that a lot with Tyler Jones on Friday, so I wanted to at least uh, point that out as well if you want to go back and listen to more of that. But I think it's an appropriate number. One of those things where I would be scared off of it more than anything on both sides. Uh, you know, if the Hawks want to try 
hard as Tyler noted on the podcast on Friday. They certainly could go over that number. If they don't want to try hard to win and they want to go sort of lean into the tank more, they could go under that number pretty easily. So for me, it's a, a, def, a definite stay away, but I won't at least lay that out there more in a more in Hawk specific and Hawk specific fashion. So that is going to be that for that. But the uh, ESPN number is definitely intriguing for me. The RPM projections uh, sort of league wide. There were some highs, some lows. Uh, in general, those kind of systems like to pull everything to the middle. And as a result of that, teams sort of bunch up between 30 and 50 wins as a general rule. But one of those things where uh, it's taken with grain of salt it's one it's one system but you know I, I heard a lot of people saying that you know it's just espn i'm like no it's 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 a projection system they're, they're using numbers kevin pelton is very very smart very very good and uh it's a system that uses a lot of numbers and uh, if you don't love the systems like that i understand it but uh something that i definitely want to look at and uh, take into account moving forward uh one more thing on the worldwide leader before we move on to the rest of the podcast um trey young came in number eight in a espn rookie of the year forecast um that's actually pretty darn low if you ask me um, the guys who were drafted ahead of him, all four players are ahead of him. That's, that's no big surprise there. That was the same case in some of the video game rankings, all that fun stuff that have come out. But also Kevin Knox of the Knicks, Colin Sexton of the Cavs, and Wendell Carter Jr. of the Bulls got more love than Young did. And currently, offshore at least in the betting markets, uh, Trey Young is 10-1 to 1 to win the Rookie of the Year. We talked about this a little bit as well with Tyler, but at the same time, I love that bet if I am a Hawks fan or anybody else trying to get some value there on Trey Young. I would not pick him to win the Rookie of the Year award, but if, if things go well for Trey Young. He has a pretty good path to winning it. He has good playing time. He'll put up counting stats, and I think Trey Young is going to be uh, someone who's at least uh, polarizing enough where he gets some eyeballs. Part of the Rookie of the Year is just getting attention. Um, you know, It's basically a combination of stats and uh, narrative, and the narrative will definitely be there for Trey Young in Atlanta because he's going to be the sort of the uh, centerpiece of attention with the Hawks this season. Of course, he's also very famous. I'd argue he's, he was the most famous player in the entire draft last year, so when he, when he slides to five, there's that, but you know, you, I think we saw from Summer League and some of the takes that were out there he's definitely a very polarizing figure and if he plays well uh, there's a pretty clear path to him winning rookie of the year so if you want to uh, take my advice on any any of the investments when, with, with regard to the Hawks that's that's my favorite one right now uh, would be uh, Trey Young at 10 to 1 to win the rookie of the year again I'm not pre- I'm not picking him to win it necessarily but I think there's a uh, more than 10% chance that he wins it and that's kind of all you need to uh, at least do in order to justify that kind of uh, investment in Trey Young at the rookie of the year number uh, so before before we get into the rest of the podcast do want to take a moment to subscribe tell you guys to subscribe to the podcast I really appreciate everyone that's already done that it's been uh, huge the show has grown quite a bit in the last couple of months and I really uh, thank you guys for uh, you know telling your friends all that fun stuff that has helped us to grow I think Trey Young's influence probably matters as well there but the fan base is definitely seems to be growing which is always a good thing hopefully they'll direct uh, to my podcast but um, uh, please subscribe uh, you know Apple Podcasts Stitcher TuneIn Radio all those fun places that like um, to play podcasts for you if we're not in a place that you want that you want us to be please let me know and I'll do my best to get us there but thank you for listening to the pod and after this short break we'll come back and wrap up the podcast with a couple more topics on on the show. Okay, we're back. Um, the Hawks announced uh, some staff additions and changes over the weekend. Uh, nothing terribly noteworthy other than the fact that Rod Higgins, a longtime uh, NBA executive, uh, used to be a GM in the league, is now the vice president of basketball operations for the Hawks, so sort of a supporting title to Travis Slank. That's, uh, that was definitely the big picture addition that we didn't know about already. We already knew that Larry Riley, a for- the former Warriors GM, is a is now a senior advisor, and Chelsea Lane is now the head of all things medical for the Hawks. That's one that's one that we already 
already knew about. That's probably the most important one in my mind is the Chelsea Land, the Chelsea Land edition. She's definitely the most famous trainer in the league at this moment in time, coming from the Warriors. So that's something that uh, you definitely can't argue with from a Hawks investment perspective. They clearly are uh, paying up there in a big way to uh, sort of strengthen their medical tra- the medical and training program. That's probably a good place to invest if you are an NBA basketball team. Um, one, one other thing that I was asked about a lot, um, Nick Ressler, the son of Tony Ressler, has been added as the coordinator of basketball operations. It's something that was not um, – you know, prominently, uh, I guess, a sign in that in that press release. I got a lot of questions about it. It's like, is that Tony Russell's son? Yes, it is. Uh, he has a couple of sons, actually three sons. Uh, Nick is one of them, and that's not a huge deal in my opinion. It's, it's definitely not a situation where he's like now the GM of the basketball team. Uh, he's definitely lower level in the uh, basketball office department, but that is Tony Russell's son, and uh, that's just, just sort of to answer that question that I was getting a lot. I uh, just wanted to put that out there. Um, one more thing before we get to the schedule a little bit on the podcast. This will be a shorter episode to make up for Friday's uh, length, but I definitely, again, would encourage you go back and listen to that. But uh, last thing before we get into the schedule is that the Hawks uh, did tweet out and agree apparently to send a jersey to Carmelo Anthony, who apparently asked for that via Chris Sheridan. And then LeBron James got in the on the action uh, thanking, I guess not thanking, but like sort of, I guess, congratulating uh, Melo and sort of sending it his way, uh, some, some some love his way. And anytime you can get LeBron and Carmelo Anthony in a uh, in a tweet in a tweet uh, fest that also includes the Hawks, probably a good day for the PR guys and the marketing team. So shout out to the social media team and all those people that uh, did that. Amy Finberg and that crew for getting that together. Uh, those guys, uh, you know, again, LeBron and the Hawks being in the same sentence is probably a fun thing for that, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. I think people, I, there were some people that were negative about that. I think it was uh, probably should be taken in all in good fun. And, uh, you know, Carmelo obviously is not going to, was never going to play, never going to play for the Hawks at any point in time. That was pretty obvious from the moment that it, uh, that, that the trade happened, but the Hawks doing a, a good, smart thing there to get their names uh, out there in August is always a smart and uh, entertaining thing for me. Uh, all right, to the schedule we go. Um, definitely some noteworthy stuff here. There's only one national television game, and that's of the ESPN, TNT, and ABC variety, of course. There are four NBA TV games, but it's the home opener against the Dallas Mavericks in which Trey Young and Luka Doncic will be facing off. It's a pretty easy narrative for uh, ESPN to sell in that particular game. So that, that, that's, that, that definitely kind of explains why the Hawks get a national, te- a national TV game. Uh, in fact, every team in the league does. Last year, the Hawks did not get one, and it's one of those situations where I was, I guess that was kind of uh, something that bothered Hawks fans, so good to see the Hawks back on national TV at least once, and then, of course they have four, four NBA TV games, or I guess technically national packages, even if not everybody has those games. The uh, Hawks are on the road, though, to open the season at the Knicks uh, and Kevin Knox. So that, going back to the rookie, the rookie of the Year stuff, Kevin Knox will be the headliner there as long as old friend Tim Hardaway Jr. against the Hawks. Um, in, that, in that season opener, the Hawks will play their first three games on the road. That presumably is there to allow for sort of a safety net on the uh, renovated arena. Last year it was five games, you might remember, and uh, this year the Hawks are still uh, playing to play both of their preseason games in Georgia Tech's McCamish, McCamish Pavilion. So something to keep in mind there. Uh, shouldn't be any real issues when it comes to uh, the season starting on time, but they do have a little bit of a cushion, about a week there. The Hawks open up on the Wednesday after the season opener, so an extra week to uh, sort of provide for some facility stuff, and uh, that'll be a fun building opening as Dallas comes to town for their only visit, by the way. That's, that's the weird part about that. If you're playing a Western Conference team in the, in, the, in the home opener, they never come back. Last year, it was Paul Millsap and company in Denver, so... You know, it'll be a fun, a fun uh, night in night one, and then we'll sort of see how those uh, those two guys, at least in Doncic and Young's case, sort of diverge from there, and we'll see what happens. But that'll be a wild atmosphere, I would imagine, uh, in Phillips Arena, especially given all of the fact that you have the new the new uh, facility and uh, what, I, what I presume to be a pretty sold-out crowd, or at least somewhere close to that in the opener. Uh, the Hawks will host the Martin Luther King Jr. Day game uh, at 3 o'clock against or the Orlando Magic. There was some concern after the, after the NBA announced the full schedule of uh, national TV games for that 
that day. The Hawks didn't have one of those, but NBA TV NBA TV will be carrying the three o'clock Eastern game at Phillips Arena. So no 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 worries there. Hawks have only uh, missed one MLK Day game in the last twenty years or so. That was actually two years ago against the Knicks when they played. They actually did play on that day, but played in New York, and now they're back in Atlanta for the second straight year. That's an, always an important date and always one of the fun ones. The Hawks will uh, occasionally break out the uh, the gospel choir intros, and Ryan Cameron will kind of be in his element there. It's fun, and uh, I always enjoy that particular broadcast and that particular event because it's a good good thing for the city, and the Hawks should always host an MLK Day, MLK Day game, and I'm glad they are again this year. A couple of headliners to uh, focus on there. The Warriors come to town on December 3rd. The Lakers and LeBron James come to town on February 12th. That'll be fun. Um, the Hawks will uh, host, um, you know, the Hawks will host Mike Muscala um, and his return um, in January. In fact, a lot of uh, what, what the Hawks are going to be doing in the um, in the month of January is hosting a bunch of their old friends. It's kind of a funny uh, way that the schedule broke down there. Uh, of course, the NBA is not, not, not necessarily concerned with all of that. But uh, in January, um, you have the, the Bucks coming to town on January. January 13th, that's Mike Budenholzer's first game. And then on uh, just uh, just the game after that, on Tuesday the 15th, you have Russell Westbrook and uh, Dennis Schroeder, of course, and coming into town as members of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Sixers are going to be, uh, of course, the Hawks play them multiple times, but um, you know Mike Muscala's return date, I'm sorry, I've actually misplaced it. I'm looking for it now. So a little bit of a look behind the curtain here as I'm trying to find the first time that Muscala comes to town. And I'm blind, so there it is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the schedule is always fun to uh, dissect. And actually, uh, as a little bit of a plug for the for the future. Graham Chapel will be writing about the schedule breakdown a little bit um, for PeachtreeHoops.com on Monday. So you want to, if you want to have the full deep dive, I would encourage that. But uh, anyway, March 23rd is when Muscala is coming to town to uh, visit uh, after he's sort of a Hawks lifer, of course, and somebody I've always appreciated. So shouts to Mike, he'll be coming to town. Then, uh, of course, the, the Hawks actually have their own um, duo going to Philadelphia to, for sort of a return. That's Lloyd Pierce and Justin Anderson uh, for an early season game against the uh, against the Sixers on October 29th. It'll be the first time to see Muscala in the opposite jersey even if um, he's not playing in Atlanta until later on in the season. And the Hawks, but just as a, as a point of reference, are actually tied for the fewest number of back-to-backs in the entire league with only 12 back-to-backs. It's a very, very favorable schedule in that way from a travel and rest perspective. Also, there's one bizarre um, stretch in January and February in which the Hawks have a seven-game road trip in late January, followed directly by seven games in a row at home. And actually, that's sandwiched around the All-Star break. So there's, there's about a three-week period in which the Hawks do not have a single road game which is a very, very rare thing. I'm sure the Hawks are not terribly thrilled about the road trip, but uh, after that, it gets to be a lot of fun. So um, so they're home after their final road game is on February 4th, and then they're not back on the road until February 25th. So it's actually literally three weeks at home. Of course, you know, I, I guess some of the leagues, some of the games personnel will be uh, going to the All-Star game in Charlotte uh, in between there, but that probably will only include a few guys. I would imagine John Collins and Trey Young will be there as part of the rookie-sophomore game, and I, I doubt they'll be an All-Star for the Hawks roster. So probably just those two guys, maybe we'll get somebody in the dunk contest as well or the three-point contest, maybe Kevin Herter makes an appearance there or something like that. But uh, anyway, there won't be a whole lot of uh, uh, of uh, action in terms of away from Phillips Arena over a three-week period, which is always kind of nice in the middle of the season. So something to keep in mind there. And then, of course, at the end of the season, the Hawks will uh, finish up their uh, schedule and their entire uh, home schedule and their full schedule um, Wednesday, April 10th against the Pacers at 8 o'clock p.m. That's the one, that's the one 8 o'clock start all season long during the weekends because the NBA purposely aligns every single 
game to be that same time on that final night of the season. So that'll be the reason for that. But a lot of fun games, of course. I'm looking forward to be back to being back in the arena very, very soon. But you have to wait until Wednesday, October 24th for the Hawks to play an actual home game at Phillips Arena. The two before that, of course, at Georgia Tech. So we'll have uh, plenty of time to preview those games, of course. And, uh, you know, training camp preseason and all that fun stuff on this podcast. If you're a new listener to the podcast, you might not know this, but, uh, you know, we'll basically be daily once the season begins. Uh, in October, um, for now we'll be you know two two or three times a week between now and the start of training camp. Then we'll sort of ramp things up from there. Go back to five days a week at least for the most part, and then the entire way through the season will be a daily podcast at least uh, during the week. So something to follow uh, along there. Probably more you know more of these short shows. I think in the offseason you'll probably get a little bit spoiled by me going a little bit longer with guests because they're just kind of bouncing around talking big picture stuff and thematic. But uh, once we get in season, probably some more solo shows. We'll still have guests, but uh, you know sort of a different sort of a different podcast in season than is out season and just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to the NBA. So thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. I really appreciate everybody that's already done the subscription thing on the podcast. But if you have not done that just yet and you like the show, please click that button, subscribe, download, listen, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And we'll see you guys later on in the week.